Take your Bibles this evening, turn with me if you would, to Isaiah chapter 28. We'll be getting to Proverbs, and you should have a handout. If you do not have a handout, maybe you forgot to bring it, or first time in our study of the scorner, raise your hand. We've got an usher up back there. Bob Ashley, good to have you back from California. And he's fast, so keep your hand up just for a few moments, and... uh, Bob will get those out. All right, we began last week and uh, looking at the next personality in Proverbs. Of course, the scorner, we've looked at the simple, we've looked at the fool, and now we come to the scorner. The slogan for the scorner would, would be something like, um, hey, I got this, I got everything under control, I got it under control. And uh, some of us, all of us have played the scorner. Maybe you were wondering throughout this last week, am I a scorner? Um, hope you were asking that of yourself. I thought you, I hope you were asking yourself, do I play the role of a scorner? Do I play the part of a scorner? Am I the one who's continually making faces, you know, about everything that the authority is doing? How many of us know that the authorities, uh, uh, our authority, uh, man, when it's a person or an individual, how many of us understand that authority is not always right? How many of us understand that? They're not infallible. Um, But just because authority may make a mistake or make a decision, they may change, doesn't mean it gives us the right to roll our eyes and to sigh and to huff and puff like a big old bag of bellows, uh, you know, like a bellow or anything like that. that, It doesn't give us that right. Uh, We still need to honor our authority because all authority is given to us by God, and God makes that very clear in in his word. The scorner is somebody who interprets truth from his own viewpoint. Well, I don't see it. That's not the way I see it. This is the way I see it. This is the way it ought to be. Why? Because that's what I think, and so it ought to be that way. Uh, That's not a very wise way of thinking. Truth is whatever the scorner thinks it is. Um, and he does not submit himself to Scripture. He might some, submit himself, he might agree with Scripture here and there, but where his thoughts disagree with Scripture, he will go with his thoughts. He's a scorner. So that's not how I see it. Definition for a scorner, we gave one of those. Definition should be in your handout there. Someone who not only rejects truth and counsel, but also ignores rebuke. He ignores rebuke. Uh, on occasion, he'll be rebuked. Authority will rebuke him. Don't, don't do it that way. Do it this way. But the scorner will ignore rebuke. He mocks judgment. He, he mocks discernment. Oh, you're such an old fuddy-duddy. Discernment. <laughs> uh, prudence. Uh, he's going to mock that. He's going to ridicule wisdom. He hates. He hates. That's a strong word. But the Bible says he hates those that reprove him. He hates authority because he's an authority unto himself. And someone who has hardened themselves to the point of delighting and scorning through pride and rebellion and pleasure refuses to go to the wise. And the word scorner has the idea, as I gave this definition, to interpret, to make mouths at, 
to make mouths at, to make faces, and we're not going to do any of those tonight. Um, it also has the idea of to try to pronounce, as in to try to pronounce a foreign language. Have you ever tried to pronounce uh, a foreign language if you're in a place and you don't speak? The, have you ever tried and you just butchered it terribly and you really looked funny doing it? Um, the, the, the scorner, the word scorner has the idea of to pronounce a foreign language, to make faces at. It really is kind of ridiculous to watch. But they are very confident in themselves. The scorner is a very confident person. All right, let's make our way along here. Um, uh, Roman numeral two characteristics, I gave those. Let me just run back through them very quickly. Uh, letter A. I'm just going to give it to you. There it comes, bouncing in. Letter A. Proud and angry is a characteristic. He lacks wisdom. Causes contention and a snare to others. I'm going to let you run it, okay? Okay, there you go. Um, causes contention and a snare to others. Letter D is an abomination to God. Letter E is in bondage to sin. Letter F, he hates the instruction and correction given by authority. He hates the instruction and correction given by authority. And that brings us to Roman numeral three. And uh, really now, the scorner has a decision to make. And that's Roman numeral three, a decision. He has a decision to make. And what's the decision that the scorner is faced with? A decision. Here it is. Heed warnings and despise the mocking they once delighted in. That's the decision the scorner needs to make if he's going to be delivered from his scorning. He's got to get to the point in his life where he begins to heed warnings from authority, um, laws, instruction, directions, directives, things that he used to hate and despise, his authority, he now has to actually repent and begin to heed warnings and to actually despise the mocking they once delighted in so much. Proverbs 1 and verse 22 says, And the scorners delight in their scorning. A, del- a scorner delights in his scorning. He delights in making faces at, at his authority, behind their back, or to their face. He likes to lead simple people in rebellion against authority. He loves it. That's what he lives for. Mocking. He's a mocker. Um, very sarcastic. Scorners tend to be very sarcastic. Some of us take pride in our sarcasm. We call it quick wit as we slice and dice people up. Uh, and there is, I'm not saying you can't have a sense of humor, okay? That's not what the Bible is saying. However, I think the line may be a little blurry for some of us, and I think some of us cross that line. We ought to be on guard against that. Am I crossing the line? Am I a scorner? Or am I just having good-natured fun and enjoying one another's company and playfully teasing someone and, and receiving that in return? Do I have the right balance here? Am I out of balance? Am I, am I a scorner? Uh, look with me in Isaiah chapter 28. That's where you're at. And I want to read to you a passage of Scripture here. I'm not going to preach through it for sake of time, but I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament where there were some leaders of Israel who were scorners. And because of their scorning, they had actually led Jerusalem into that kind of a mindset. And as a result, the whole city was going to be faced with consequences because 
there were some leaders of a city who were scorners. Look at Isaiah chapter 28. I'll begin reading in verse number 14. I'll read down through verse number 22. Verse, verse 14, we'll begin there. Isaiah 28, verse, verse 14, he says, Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell, are we at agreement? When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. This is what they were saying. For we have made lies our refuge. We can lie and get away with it. I mean, who could say that they've made a covenant with death and hell? And they have an agreement. It'll be all right. We can live in rebellion against God, and we will never have to answer for our rebellion. That's what they're saying in this passage. Um. He says there, they say, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, or the plumb line, a weight, Attached to the bottom of a line. And he'll sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. In other words, they're going to be exposed. The scorner is going to be exposed. Verse 18. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. From the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you from... For morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night, and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. Just to hear of what's going to happen to them is going to cause vexation to other people. For the bed is shorter than a man can stretch himself on it. That's a good word picture. And the covering narrower than that he can wrap himself in it. They're going to be very uncomfortable. For the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Perizim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. We'll pause for just a moment here, but in Perizim, God gave the newly crowned, you might remember this, God gave the newly crowned King David a mighty victory over the Philistines in Perizim. And it was supernatural. God did it. Uh, In the Valley of Gibeon, God sent, you remember, hailstones, down, raining down upon the five Amorite kings that were threatening to destroy the men of Gibeon. Uh, once again, God delivered them. And that's what God is saying to these scorners of Jerusalem. You're not going to be victorious against God. In verse 22, he says this, Now therefore, be ye not mockers. Don't be a mocker. Don't be a scorner. Lest your bands... That's the idea of the bands of sin be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption. And that word means complete and utter destruction, even determined upon the whole earth. He's talking about the scorner. He's talking about the mockers, those who are living in rebellion against God. And so the decision that a scorner has to make is this, either repent of the scorning, Repent of 
the proud and the anger, uh, the pride and the anger, uh, repent of the willful ignorance and the contention and the snare that you're causing. Repent of the abomination and, and, and the bondage of sin. And repent of hating instruction and correction and ask God for forgiveness and ask God to make you wise truly from heaven, godly wisdom. Because if a scorner does not, they're going to reap severe consequences. There really is very little hope for a scorner. Sometimes we as parents, or just people in general, we, we hear and we watch scorners, maybe. Maybe you watch scorners for humor. Um, Jimmy Fallon is a scorner. Um, Colbert is a scorner. Saturday Night Live, full of scorners. Okay. And the list can go on and on. It's sad, but believers often sit and we watch, and we, for humor, we watch the scorner, and we laugh and snicker at their scorning as they mock purity, as they mock godliness. Believers, supposed followers of truth and righteousness, people who are supposedly wise, sit back and laugh and mock and giggle at the scorner as he operates. Sadly, when we do this, we, we actually lift up and exalt the scorner for our children. Almost like we're saying, this is what's cool. This is what's funny. This is what you ought to, this is what I think is funny. So if you want to impress me, this is kind of how you ought to operate too. Get a quick tongue and just unleash it and wield it everywhere you can and just slaughter everybody around you and lift yourself up so everyone's laughing with you at the expense of others. Now, it's worse than just humor because the scorner at their heart is a rebel against God. And I want to tell you, there is very little hope for the scorner. In fact, even the rod is a questionable means to reach the heart of a scorner. By the time a young person digs in, to their scorning. And I think the scorner is one step further than the fool, personally. When a fool becomes wise in his own conceits, in his own eyes, the word conceits means eyes, he's basically put himself on a pedestal and nobody is greater than him. Not his mom, not his dad, not his pastor, if he has a pastor, not his teachers, not his principal, not the laws of the land. Um, he is a law unto himself, and it really is hard to reach the heart of a scorner. And so mom and dad, moms and dads, with those of us with children in the home, we ought to be, we ought to be on guard. We, ought to, we need to be in tune with the hearts of our children. And it's not funny. It's not funny when we see our children, when they're still young and moldable, starting to take on the personality of a scorner. It needs to be nipped in the bud. Okay. It's not funny. It's not humorous. Isn't he funny? Isn't he silly? He can just slaughter people with his words. It's not funny. It's not silly. Your son, your daughter is dabbling on the edge of becoming a scorner. And once a person becomes a scorner, the Bible, uh, there's not a lot that can be done to reach them. In fact, uh, as we'll see a little bit later, the, the means of correction, as God declares it, that should be brought down upon a scorner, is actually not for the benefit of the scorner. It's for the benefit of those around him. 
It's for the benefit of the simple and the fools who are following him. Okay. Uh, Roman numeral four, if we could go ahead to that. And let's look at some dealings. Uh, Strong action needs to take place with the scorner either through punishment or removal. Okay, either punishment or removal. And I'm going to use some Bible words, and you're going to have them in your handout as we go through them. Letter A, uh, punishment, removal, smite. Okay, now I'm not saying to go and get in a fight with a a hand-to-hand combat with a scorner, okay? Pastor Ferguson said, you know, whack, whack. That's not what I'm saying. Don't go out and hit anybody. All right, that's not what I'm saying. But the Bible word is smite. Either physically, and this is, would be for parents, okay, for our children. There's a correct way. I've taught you that, how to correctly give a spanking to a child in a non-abusive way, in a way that uh, you deal with your child, you love your child. In doing it, it the expectations have been clearly set. They cross the line, they disobey. You go to your child, you talk with him or her about what he has done. He acknowledges he's done that which is wrong. Um, A consequence is then given a certain number of spankings. It's not a wrestling match, okay? You're not flailing away, hitting your child, but very properly bringing consequences to bear on your child that are painful but not abusive, not hurtful, and you're not leaving any marks, okay? And you're doing it because you love your child. Uh, And you know what? After you're done, you can hug each other. There's forgiveness, full and free. It's over. You don't bring it up again. It's over. It doesn't take hours. It doesn't take 30 minutes. It doesn't take days. It's over in a matter of about three minutes, okay? And... uh, and I'll not go back through in detail, but there needs to be a smiting physically or through consequence so that others, and especially the simple, will see, will see the consequences of the action and pride, the action and pride of the scorner, and not want to follow the same path. Proverbs 19 and verse 25 says it this way, Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. Now, frankly... The scorner probably is going to look at you in the eye, in the eyes like, that didn't hurt me. You can't hurt me. Why? Because they're in charge. The smiting or the consequences are actually for the benefits, the benefit of the other children. Um, we'll, we need to keep moving here. He goes on to say, and reprove one that hath understanding and he will understand knowledge. So if, you're, if an authority figure is reproving someone who has understanding, who's not a scorner, that person will understand. He'll grow in understanding and knowledge. Now notice this, to not bring consequences upon a scorner is to teach the simple and the fools that the scorner's behavior is acceptable and worth following. Did you catch that? Now I have multiple children. Um... Maybe uh, some of you are in a school setting. To allow a scorner to operate within a school and not give him the consequences he needs is basically to send a message to all the simpletons and all the fools around to say... You can live like him. You can rebel openly against authority. You can live like there is no authority. 
And you know what? It's worth doing. That's the message. You can't do it. You can't do it. Letter B, judge. So first, letter A, smite. Letter, t- letter B, judge. And when, and when we talk about smiting and judging, the consequence should be appropriate for the crime, okay? That's, that's biblical. That's a Bible principle. The, the punishment should fit the crime. Letter B, judge. Um, you cannot overlook or excuse misconduct with this scorner. They will try to intimidate through mockery. They'll mock their authority. They'll try to intimidate through reason. They will try to reason their way out of it. They'll ex- make excuse after excuse after excuse. So as an authority figure, you and I ought to expect opposition. And in fact, we ought to expect the scorner to hate us. That's what the scorner is going to do. Be prepared and have a plan of action and set measures of consequence. Look at Proverbs 19 and verse 29. It should be in your handout. Judgments are prepared for scorners. Now, certainly that would be true for the Lord, consequences. But here, it has the idea of a sentence. In other words, you as an authority figure, if you have people working for you, and you have a scorner working for you, before you go to them, you ought to have a plan in place when they react the way they have so many times before. Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. Letter C, remove. We're talking about dealings. How do you deal with a scorner? Now, these are all from the Word of God. You might remember I'm using the same format that I've used for the simple and the fool. And if you go back in your notes and you compare the notes, you'll find that the consequences are much more severe for the scorner than they are for the simpleton. And and this is the instruction of the Word of God. It's not my take on this. Uh, Look at letter C, remove. Um, The scorner should be removed from the workplace. The scorner should be removed from the school. It's, It's a challenge if you have a scorner in your home because you can't remove your child from your home, although in some cases that would even be appropriate. Um, you can't do it with your spouse. If your husband's a scorner, you can't do it. If, if your wife's a scorner, you can't, you can't remove her from your house. Uh, but remove. Let, let's consider this. If smiting and judgment do not humble the scorner, remove them for the, sake, for the sake of others. Proverbs 22 and verse 10. Look at what it says. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach, and that word reproach means shame or confusion, shall cease. Cast out the scorner. This is not easy, is it? This is not like, wow, what a blessing. No, this is not easy at all. Now, we're going we're gonna to keep moving along, but you know what happens? We're going to see what happens if we decide, you know what, we know better than the Bible. You know, this is so old. And, you know... You know, they're a scorner, that's true. They fit every definition. They fit the definition of a scorner and the characteristics of a scorner. But you know what? I think they got a good heart. No, they don't have a good heart. You know what? I think we're just going to let it slide and, and they'll be okay. They're not really hurting anybody. That's not true. They're causing tremendous damage. They're causing tremendous damage. They're hurting themselves. They're hurting those around them. They're hurting their authority. It's incre- they're, they're incredibly damaging. Uh, letter C, never simply rebuke 
a scorner. Now, a rebuke would be you have a scorner who's working for you. You go to them, and you, you rebuke, rebuke them. Some sort of action. Maybe it was rebellion. They just direct disobedience. They did not do what they were asked to do. And they give you 13 reasons why they didn't do it. And most of it's because you don't know what you're talking about is their authority. And they know better than you do. Um, and the Bible says, don't simply rebuke the scorner. Be, why? Because the use of word alone is worthless when dealing with a scorner. It will only lead them to hate the authority more. It will only lead the scorner to mock the authority more. And ultimately, the scorner left in his place will lead others to their destruction. Uh, you should have it in your handout there. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Let's look at that together. Proverbs 9, verses 7 and 8. He says, He that reproveth, that word reproveth means to chastise with words. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, he says in verse 8, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Rebuke a wise man, somebody who's wise. You want to know who your wise employees are? They're the employees that respond well to correction. Those, those men, those ladies are wise. The scorner huffs and puffs, make, makes excuses, turns things around and accuses you as authority. That's a scorner. Um, uh, Roman numeral five, some dangers, some dangers. What are some dangers for the scorner? Well, letter A is bondage to sin. Bondage to sin. I'll read to you again from Isaiah 28 and verse 22. He says, Now therefore be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption that is complete destruction, even determined upon the whole earth. For the scorners in Jerusalem, their bands of sin were going to tighten around them. And their hearts remained hard. Destruction, complete destruction is ahead for the scorner. As moms and dads, as we're training up our children the way that they should go, we, it, is, is, it is expected that children would disobey on occasion, okay? And there is no expectation here for you and for me as parents to raise or train up perfect children, children who are always perfect, who always make the right decision, who always walk in wisdom, and who always make us look good as, as parents. That's not the point of parenting, okay? To pretend like we've got it all together. That's not the goal. Let's be honest, with ourselves and our family and our, ch- and our families and our children. And let's love them. Let's be forgiving to one another. But let us not forget it is our responsibility as parents to train them up in the way that they should go. Remember, we're all born into this world, world as simple people. We're all born that way into this world. Fools, yeah, we've all played the fool at times in our lives. We've all played the scorner at times in our lives. But the dangers for the scorner is bondage to sin. And it can come in the form of an addiction. And what's an addiction? Well, that's just about anything that you can't stop. Just name it. Now, it's true, I suppose, in our world today, in our society, certain addictions have a more negative stigma than other addictions. Some addictions in our society are actually popular and almost applauded. 
if we're addicted to certain things. But bondage to sin, is this what we want for our children? Is this what, is this what we're in ourselves? Are we, are we in bondage to sin? Are you in bondage to a certain sin? Letter B, negative effects on others. Negative effects on others. And again, if the, if the scorner is not removed, he will lead others in rebellion against authority. Often the scorner brings a full frontal assault okay, against authority, sometimes more subtle, working, working in the shadows, so to speak. But the reality is others, others, other people, other kids, if it, uh, children, if it's a school, other co-workers are going to be hurt by his presence, and you have to see that as the authority. Proverbs 29 and verse 8 says, Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. Scornful men bring a whole city into a snare. And that can be true in a classroom or in a school. Letter C, he hurts authority. He hurts authority. I read to you Proverbs 9 and verse 7. It says, He that reproveth chastises with words a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. He's talking about what happens to authority when authority reproves, chastises with words, tries to correct with words, tries to reason with. You know, after all, don't we, we, I respect you. Why don't you respect me the same way? What's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is you're talking to a scorner. That's the problem. They don't respect you. It's not a two-way conversation. Don't you see that? They're in absolute rebellion against their authority. They're waiting for the authority to fold up like a cheap tent and cave in. That's what they're doing. They're applying pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure and accusations, all trying to overwhelm the authority. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. So the scorner will actually hurt authority. And then letter D uh, we see the severity of destruction. There is a, a great severity of destruction. And I started out by reading from Isaiah 28. I'll not go back and read the first part of that chapter, but I've put the verses in your handout. And uh, I'd encourage you to go back and read and study uh, that passage. Uh, Roman numeral 6, let's look at our conclusions to our study. And what do we take away from these verses? How do we apply them? Now, you remember, I, I look at... I. I apply, we're, we're going to apply uh, the, what we've seen in Scripture that it says about the scorner. We're going to apply it to different parts of our society. And so letter A is our lives, our own lives, personally. Okay? Or our lives in general, corporately, I should say. Uh, the litmus test for a scorner is whether or not he hates those who correct him. A wife can be a scorner. A young person can be a scorner. It doesn't mean that every waking moment of every day of your week and month and year, you are seething in rage and intense hatred toward your parents. You don't have to do it every moment of every day to be a scorner. Um, it could be in certain particular areas. you got no problem with dad in all these other areas, but when it comes to this one thing, he has a rule. And it infringes upon your freedom. It actually keeps you from doing something that you want to do. And you know what? You struggle with it. Boy, it bothers you so much. 
okay, well, you ought to, there ought to be a little antenna that goes up, you know, and it, a little flag will be on it, and it should say, scornful. Scornful. You're being scornful. Um, hatred is a, a characteristic, you remember, of a scorner. Uh, for those who correct him. And then another one here is, and mocks righteousness. Mocks righteousness. I hope you're getting these blanks. And mocks righteousness. And that's where I mentioned some of those entertainers who mock righteousness. They mock godliness. They mock truth. It's not okay. We've grown to the point, we've gotten to the point in our society where even God's people are looking at things and laughing at things that aren't funny to God. They're not humorous. They're not good. If our lives are characterized by a sneer or sarcasm toward authority, yeah, I'm sure he'll change his mind on that one. Oh yeah, she'll change her mind. She'll find out. Okay, if that's our attitude towards authority and godliness, if we take joy in tearing others down and are trying to lead others in rebellion against authority because we know better, we're probably a scorner. Pride and wrath are hallmarks of this person's life. So that's our lives. Let her be in life. In life. How do we apply this to our lives in general? And how about to in, in this life? And this, this, by the way, is the end of the fool who's become wise in his own conceit. So remember the word conceit there in your notes means I. Okay? Wise in his own eyes. This person, number one, this person bases his life upon what he sees with his eye. His view, his perspective is supreme. It might as well be God or the Bible. His view is supreme. While in reality, this way of living may be superficial and empty. The scorner considers himself the final authority and is not only secure in his position and pride, but finds joy in mocking all who do not follow him. Don't they know? They just don't get it. They're just not with it. Number two, teenagers who have never had foolishness driven from them and have experienced little or no consequences for sin, but have had success or pleasure in their foolishness, can easily become a scorner. If a teenager is allowed to continue in their foolishness, they will come to the conclusion that it is okay to rebel against authority and to live like there's no God, that there is nobody who knows better than them, who, who has more wisdom or understanding than them, and they will become a law unto themselves. And once a young person becomes a scorner, they are in, they are in, 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 ter- they are in a terrible way. Uh, they are in danger. They are in incredible danger. And I, I outlined some of those dangers. Uh, number three, if there is a person who is a center of unrest and contention in a group. So look, think about your workplace. Is there a person in your workplace and they are the center of unrest? It's like wherever they go. They lead. They're a leader, okay? But, but an unrest and contention in a group, particularly in opposition to righteousness and authority, they may be a scorner. Number four, judgment is prepared. Judgment is coming in life, in the, in the life of a scorner. Letter C, relationships. And I've used the same format for, for each one of these personalities. Letter C is relationships. Number one, friendships. What should you do if you have a friend who's a scorner? What should you do? Should you reason with them? 
should you confront them? What should you do with a, a friend who's a scorner? And my answer is separate from them, based upon what we've seen. The, the biblical truth, as it's read, uh, written for us in Proverbs, is cast out the scorner. You don't have to grab them or anything, but you separate from them. You're not going to go with them. You're not going to do things. You're not going to hang out with them. You're not going to do that. So separate. Their confidence and sarcastic wit is attractive, okay? But they will lead you to destruction. Don't try to reason with them because they'll have an answer for everything you say. You'll go in to have a conversation with the scorner and you'll know exactly what you're going to say and you'll end up uh, coming out of that conversation agreeing with them, okay? They're a leader. Number two, dating. What if you're dating a scorner, okay? Or what if you want to date a scorner? He, Dad, he's the funniest guy in school. And you know what? He's going to be. He's going to be the funniest guy in school. She's going to be the funniest girl in school. And you know what? They're also most likely going to be probably the most popular in school, too. And they're funny. Did I mention that? They're funny. And, and, and when I'm with them, I'm like, I'm like almost the coolest person in school because I'm with a scorner. What, what should you do if you're dating a scorner? And the answer is separate. Separate. Mom and dad, it's not okay. Your daughter is not going to win over the scorner. The scorner is going to use your daughter in every way in which he chooses, and then when he's done and she pleases him no more, he'll move on to somebody else. And the same is true if your son is trying to date a scornful girl. And and I'll go one step further. If you're dating someone who's a scorner, we already know the scorner does not respect authority. Young man, if you're dating, if you want to date a, date a scornful girl, she doesn't respect authority. She is a rebellious person. And so when you marry her, she's going to be completely rebellious against you too. And she's going to mock you, and she's going to ridicule you, and she's going to resist you at every turn, and you are going to have an absolutely miserable marriage. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Uh, I'm, I, 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 it's been a little heavy tonight, but I cannot warn you enough when it comes to the scorner. Okay? And, and if, you date, if you're dating, a, if the guy's the scorner, you say, well, isn't he supposed to be, the man's supposed to be the, the leader of the home, right? So if, if, the, if he's a scorner pastor, then it should work out well because he'll always want to be the leader. You know what? Again, he will not think about your needs. He will not uh, consider your ideas. He will run over you. And, and do whatever he wants, and it's his way or the highway, and if you, he'll mock and ridicule and all the rest. It's just a miserable existence. You don't want to live that way. Separate from... The, well, that sounds so mean, separation. We ought, to, we ought to look at what the Word of God has to say about separation. The Bible actually has a lot to say about separation, and it's for his glory and his namesake, and it's for our good. It really is. It's not a bad thing. It's kind of got a bad name in our day. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Number three... What if, what if it's at work or church? What if it's at work or church? You know, again, we're people. None of us would want to be the scorner. But have we all, have, we all, have any of us ever played the scorner before? Okay, yeah. So sometimes a scorner, you can have a scorner or two at church. Um, well, what, what should be the consequences or in a relationship if it's at church or work? Well, church discipline can be brought. If it's at work, termination of employment. 
If they're guilty of wrongdoing, evaluate how they respond to correction. Are they responding to their authority, biblically? Are they, and then carefully monitor their behavior and attitude after rebuking or confronting. Consequences must be severe, they must be quick, and they must be firm. Watch for bad attitudes and anger. If these persist along with misconduct, remove the individual for the sake of the organization. For churches, deliver the individual over to Satan with the hope of their restoration through the affliction and discipline. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And that's again, if the scorner does not respond. And, and, and normally, if they're truly a scorner, they're not going to respond. If, as soon as they do respond, they're not a scorner anymore. Isn't that great? So if you are a scorner, and the Spirit of God's convicting your heart of scorning, repent of it. Don't be a scorner anymore. Be wise. Uh, what if they're your spouse? Number four, your spouse. Your spouse. Well, uh, based upon the scripture that we've read, do not rebuke and avoid provoking to anger. You can't cast them out. Um, you can't spank them. You can't give reminders. Um, so avoid provoking to anger. Try to live peaceably with your spouse if they're a scorner. Pray that the judgment of God, and if they're a born-again child of God, there's going to be judgment. Pray that judgment will soften that person. Be prepared for criticism from the person. They're going to criticize you. You're going to be the one to blame. Pray for patience and the ability to give a soft answer in conflict, in times of conflict. And there will be conflict because a scorner is a proud person. Avoid sarcasm. Do you remember the scripture passage we read about the fool? Answer not a fool according to his folly. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness. Don't come down to the level of a fool and operate and commun- try to communicate at that level. It's not going to work. Well, the same is true for the scorner. Don't try to communicate with the scorner at that level. When they get sarcastic, you get sarcastic. Don't do it. Avoid sarcasm. They're the professional. You're going to get you're outmanned, you're outgunned. You're not going to win. And besides, it's not becoming and it's not godly. So, just like with the fool, temporary separation in some cases may be necessary in extreme situations. Number 5, children. Children is your blank there. What if your child, what if my child is a scorner? Well, there needs to be stern consequences. Words and reason will cause the child to hate you, and they will be ignored. Sitting down and reasoning. This is why, especially for those of us who have young children, keep the heart of your child close to your heart. Talk with them often. Go for walks with them. Turn off the television. Put the phone down. Maintain open lines of communication with your child. And, and while you are not necessarily their friend, especially when they're young, there should be a friendship that is developing. There should be a high level of trust that is being built from a very young age. And they ought to know that they can trust mom and dad implicitly with everything. Mom and dad aren't going to attack them. And yet, at times, mom and dad are going to rebuke them. They can know that mom and dad are going to tell them the truth and they're going to follow the word of God. 
But don't just try to reason if you have a child who's a scorner. They're past that. This is a last-ditch scenario to try and turn the child back to the path of righteousness. It's an extreme condition. Being a scorner is an extreme condition, and it will call for extreme measures. Consequences must be obvious to others, and particularly younger children. You may not win back your scornful child, but you can at least save your other children. If severe consequences do not result in repentance and humility, removal from the home to a facility may be necessary. And again, the reason for that is, if you were to keep a scorner in your home, even if they're your own child, and you're trying to lead your other children to follow the Lord, that scorner is actually going to be working overtime to undermine your authority and to undermine the authority of God. Number six, leadership and authority, leadership or authority. So how do you respond if you have a leader, you you have a boss, and they're a scorner? I mean, they are probably foul in language, uh, continually mocking and belittling and ridiculing those around them. It's going to lead to destruction, okay? If he's there too long, it's going to lead to destruction. Expect persecution from your boss, your authority, possible martyrdom, depending upon the situation, as you stand for righteousness. Now, we have a portion of Scripture we're going to bring up in just a moment. But as I close, I want to close with this. Don't promote the attitude of the scorner in your home. Be wise. Remember wisdom in Proverbs early on? Crying out in the streets to turn in unto wisdom. Be wise. Have godly wisdom. Don't promote the attitude of a scorner. I mentioned some of the late-night television, and it doesn't, it's not just late-night television that promotes scornful thinking and foolish thinking. I mentioned Colbert and Fallon, Seth Meyers. I mentioned Saturday Night Live. The list can go on and on. Stand-up comedy is nothing more than expert scorners being paid to share their mockery and sarcasm. Do they attempt to make God and purity look ridiculous? Yes while at the same time promoting immorality and self-gratification as cool. It's cool, it's funny, it's fashionable to live this way. It's, it's funny to mock authority. It's, they're professional scorners. They get paid for it. And then my question would be, is this really the best thing to feed our minds? Will watching them... There ought to be some separation there. And by the way, that wouldn't be too hard to do. It's just off. <laughs> Not so hard. You don't have to have a conversation. You don't have to think about what you're going to say. You don't have to break up. You know, you're just off. Really simple. We can all do that. Don't, let's not feed our minds with that which is in absolute rebellion to that which God has ordained, which is authority. And there's a scripture verse, Psalm 101, verse 3. It says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. Sometimes when we think about a verse like that, we think about, well, it must be bad scenes. Someone can be fully clothed and it can be fully clothed and it can be a bad scene. You do know that, don't you? And we ought not feed our minds with that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for each person who's here tonight. God, help us in this area of our lives. 
so many of us in this room tonight have been saved by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And uh, our past, our former way of life was so wicked and so much in rebellion against you. And Lord, we still have this flesh and some of us maybe are walking in it and living in it and sowing to the flesh. And we've seen tonight from your word that the scorner has really a terrible future in store for him. He's going to cause so much harm to his parents and to his siblings and to his future spouse and his children. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us. Lord, where we, have, where we are found guilty of being a scorner and mocking our authority, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to repent of it. Lord, I, I believe there are some possibly here tonight They know in their heart of hearts that they are a scorner. And they feel like they're in bondage to it. And they've tried to stop before. Lord, I just pray that where you see humility in their heart tonight, in responding to the light of your word, God, I pray that you'd give more grace and more truth to that individual. And Lord, I pray by your grace, while they may not deserve it, Father, I pray that you'd make them a wise person. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.